new series called The Ministry of the Holy Spirit. And uh, boy, that's an important subject, you know. In fact, we're living in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. We are living in it now. Amen. When Jesus left this earth, we're going to see here today that He sent the Holy Spirit in His place to take His place in this earth. And He has been here ever since. Amen. Let's go to the book of Acts chapter 2. The book of Acts chapter 2. I'm going to bring that up a little bit, Josh. Acts the second chapter. And I want to read some verses here uh, about the day of Pentecost. And I'm sure you're familiar with this particular chapter here, but boy, what a powerful chapter. Amen. Amen. If there is one chapter in the Bible, in the New Testament, where it talks about the power of God, it's got to be Acts chapter 2. Praise God. So we see in Acts chapter 2, let's look at verse 1. We're going to read several verses here, down through verse 18 actually. Because I want to lay a foundation here this morning about the power of the Holy Spirit. It says, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Someone said, how in the world did all those people fit in a Honda? <laughs> they were all in one accord, right? <laughs> Terrible. It says they were all with one accord. One, that meant they were in unity. And then verse 2, notice as a result of them coming together with one accord in unity, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Notice they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. Now this is the initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And I find it interesting that the Lord chose a festival, a Jewish festival, that attracted thousands and thousands, if not millions of people from all around the place. We'll see this in a second here. And God chose to pour out His Spirit, not in some back alley somewhere where there's only a few people, but He chose to pour out His Spirit. It's like New Year's Eve in New York City. Okay? And God put on His biggest display on the, on the day of Pentecost. And it says in verse 4, this is after the, the, the cloven tongues like fire. The fire of God came upon them. And they were filled, verse 4, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. Now, who did the speaking in verse 4? The people did, right? Who gave them the utterance? The Holy Spirit. So the Holy Ghost didn't do the speaking. The people did the speaking, but the people were inspired to say something. Amen. Now, this is we'll get into this down the road here, but you know, one of the biggest factors about receiving the Holy Spirit is, and I used to think this too, that, boy, if I, if I ever speak in tongues, it'll be the Holy Ghost. No, it's not. It'll be me that the Holy Spirit will give me the utterance. Because I used to have the mistaken idea that the Holy Spirit, if I was going to speak in tongues, this is before I received it, you know. And I received it back in 1980, actually, 79, 80, right around that time, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And... Uh, I thought the, the Lord would just take my mouth and start moving it and words would start flowing out of my mouth. How many of you ever thought that before? I used to think that. And I thought, that's crazy. That means, that means I'm a puppet and God's you know, making my mouth move. And God doesn't do that. How many of you know that? But He will give you, you open your mouth, God says, I will fill it. Hallelujah. So in verse 4 it says, They were filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Spirit will give you utterance when you speak. Amen. And there was, uh, look at verse 5. And there was dwelling at, at Jerusalem Jews, devout men of every nation under heaven. See what I'm talking about? Verse 6. And now when it was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded or confused because that every one man heard them speak in their own language. And they were amazed and they marveled saying to one another, Behold, not all these which are speak, aren't they Galileans? But how is it that we hear every man speak in our own tongue wherein we are born? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, dwellers of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phygeria, Pamphylia, and Egypt, and parts of Libya about Cyrene, and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes, Arabians. We, do them hear, we hear them speak in our tongue the wonderful 
works of God. All right? And they were amazed, and they were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Now notice the phrase, what meaneth this? Say that. Okay. And others mocking said in verse 13, These men are full of new wine. In other words, they're drunk. Okay. And Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea and all that dwell in Jerusalem, be it known unto you, and hearken unto my words, for these are not drunken as you suppose. He didn't say they weren't drunk. He said they're not drunk like you think. Seeing that it is but the third hour of the day, or nine o'clock in the morning. But this is that. Notice that phrase, this is that. Can we say that? This is that. Now you notice there's two phrases. There's people, there's one camp that says, what meaneth this? And then there's the other camp that said, this is that. It's better to be in the camp of this is that. (laughs) Instead of, what's this all about? All right? Thank you, Lord. How many of you know the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for today? It's for every single believer. Praise God. It's a, it's a miracle. It's miraculous power. When you speak in tongues, it's an actual miracle taking place. And so, so often we get so familiar with, or uh, uh, we get acclimated to, that it becomes so familiar. We don't realize it's a supernatural language. And I remember back when I was first filled with the Holy Spirit. I just got graduated from high school. And I was in a Brian Rudd crusade. You know, he was an evangelist that came to a church that I was attending at the time. And he was preaching and at the end of his sermon, I mean, there's probably three, four hundred people in this, this church that I was in. My sister took me to this church, you know. And he was given the altar call and people just flooded the altar with, to receive Christ. Just flooded the altar. And for some reason, when I saw that, I was sitting in, there's three sections in this auditorium. I was in the middle section, maybe 30 foot back from the pulpit, you know. And all of a sudden, something happened to me that happened to Peter in Acts chapter 10 when he was preaching to the house of Cornelius. And while he was preaching, the Holy Ghost fell upon them and he heard them speak with tongues and glorify God. Now that's a holy interruption right there. (laughs) Amen? And this is the, the, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the Gentiles for the very first time. Hallelujah. And it came to the Italians. Many Italians here. It came to the house of Cornelius. And, uh, but notice Peter said, uh, you know, they're not, verse 15, they're not drunken as you suppose. It's only the third hour of the day or nine o'clock in the morning. But this is that which was spoken by Joel, prophet, the prophet Joel. This is quoting uh, Joel chapter two. It shall come to pass. Now pay attention to this. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour up my spirit upon all flesh. Well, I guess you qualify. Do you got flesh? You qualify. He says, I'll pour up my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men will see visions. I'm still seeing visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. You'll get that in a second. And upon my servants and my handmaidens, I will pour out of those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. Now, what does the word prophesy mean? The word prophecy means to bubble forth to speak under the unction of the Holy Spirit. In other words, to say something that that you feel inspired to say. Now, I would venture to say that most of us here in this building that are a believer have prophesied at least one or more times in your life and you didn't even know it. You didn't just say, you didn't start out by saying, thus saith the Holy Ghost. Now, it will happen that way. But sometimes you feel compelled, you feel led, prompted, to say something to someone, to build them up. Because the simple gift of prophecy in 1 Corinthians 14 is to speak unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. When the Holy Ghost speaks, He does those three things. Those three things. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. When the Holy Spirit speaks. Hallelujah. And so you can... He says, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon your sons and your daughters. In other words, men and women. It's not just gender by certain genders. God wants to use every single person that will yield themselves to him. Amen. Amen. Have any of you here ever felt compelled to say something or call somebody or 
encourage somebody. That is a, that's the spirit of prophecy. That's encouraging, isn't it? Because everybody kind of thinks that, you know, that you have to start and say, thus saith the Lord. You know, now that is prophecy. But sometimes you're, it's more unconsciously led to say something, and it's the spirit of prophecy to build people up. Now I'll say this, that the Lord is in the building up of people business. Because in the world, the world system that we have that we, we're, that's around us, they're into the dog-eat-dog, tear-people down, you know, People are hurting. Hurting people. Joyce Meyer always said this, that hurting people hurt other people. And there's a lot of hurting people. There really is. But let me tell you something. God can use you, and He will use you and me, to change the course of people's lives just by saying a nice, kind word to people to encourage them, a loving, kind, tender word to help them and encourage them. Amen. And it, and it can be as simple as, you know, you look very nice today in that outfit or whatever. I'm just hypothetical. That may be just the thing that that person needs to hear. Are you with me? The spirit of prophecy is not just limited to a church service. God wants to, matter of fact, the gifts of the spirit are not just for church. He wants to use you and the manifestations of the spirit out there in the world. Now we're going to do a series probably sometime this year on the manifestations, on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to teach about those and teach you how to tap into those. Okay. Now, God says, I will, upon verse 18, upon my servants and handmaidens, I'll pour out of those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. prophesy. So the Holy Spirit has been here since the day of Pentecost, because that was the initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now go to John chapter 16, and I want to read this out of the Amplified. We're just going to lay a foundation here out of the Amplified Translation. We're talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Remember last week I told you when Jesse Duplantis, when the Lord took him to heaven, and it was an amazing thing. If you read his book, you can actually look it up on YouTube and where he talks about it's called Close Encounters of a God Kind. And he was there for four, I think four or five hours. The Lord took him to heaven, his body and all, went to heaven. And the Lord showed him around, showed him his mansion, showed him, saw Abraham, saw Peter, saw Paul. Glory to God. It's so amazing, you know. And, uh, and among other things, you know. And, but one of the things he asked Jesus when he was with him, he said, Jesus, where's the Holy Spirit? And the Lord looked at him and he said, well, Jesse, he's in the earth. And Jesse said, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's in the earth. When Jesus left this earth, that's why he said, we're going to read this here in a second. He said, it's important. It's expedient for you. If I go away, because if I don't go away, I can't send the Holy Ghost to you. Amen. Now look at verse 5. That's John 16, verse 5 in the Amplified. It says, but now I'm going to him that sent me, yet none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I've said these things unto you, sorrow has filled your hearts, taken complete possession of them. I purposely read this out of the Amplified. Verse 7. However, I'm telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is, now notice this, it is profitable, good, expedient, advantageous for you that I go away. Because if I go, if I do not go away, then the comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby. Whoa, is there anything else? will not come unto you to live in close fellowship with you. But if I go away, God says, Jesus says, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. Now they didn't understand it at first because they're like, Lord, how, how are we better off if you leave? And he says, well, if I don't leave, then I can't send the same comforter, the one that it's, it's inside me. And I made mention of this last week and I'll just review a little bit. But when the disciples needed comfort, when they needed consolation, when they needed someone to talk to, to to comfort them. Who did they go to? They went to Jesus. And they received comfort through Him, by His words. He would calm the troubled waters in their hearts at times, literally and naturally, okay, spiritually. And they would receive comfort through Him. Why? Because the comforter lived inside Jesus. Jesus was the only person at that time that had the Holy Ghost not only upon him, but within him. 
Now you have to understand the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Not because they're spelled differently, but the Old Testament, the, the difference was they were, they were not children of God. They were servants of God. And the Holy Spirit would come upon certain individuals, the prophet, the priest, and the king. That's it. But the common lay person, as we would say, did not have access to the Holy Spirit. In fact, nobody was filled with the Holy Ghost because nobody could be born again until Jesus was raised from the dead. Nobody could. And that's why the, the, now that this dispensation that we're living in right now, man, I'm telling you, we don't just have forgiveness of sins, but our bodies become the temples of the Holy Spirit. That's good news. So he said, it's to your advantage. It's to your major advantage to you that I go away. Now go to John 16, verse 12. This is in the King James here. It says, 16, verse 12 says, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come. Notice this. He will guide you into all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak. And He will show you things to come. For He shall glorify Me and receive of Mine and shall show it unto you. Now here's what I want to get into a little bit here this morning. That this verse right here indicates that when the Holy Spirit comes, that He shall speak whatsoever He shall hear, and He shall speak, and He shall show you come things to come. He will not speak on His own initiative. When the Holy Spirit who lives in you speaks to you, he is, that's not Him just coming up with information. He receives from the Father and then translates it to you. Okay? So, in other words, when I hear from the Holy Ghost, when you hear from the Holy Spirit, you know, and I tell you, He can lead in different ways, and a lot of times it's just a peace. You just know there's a, just an inward knowing. It's not necessarily a voice. And we'll, we'll get into this, the different pr ways that God leads, but one of the primary ways that God leads all believers is by the inward peace, inward witness. It's not a voice. It's just a witness, okay? But when you do hear from the Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit's not just coming up with that information on His own. He's hearing from the Father and Jesus, and then He's giving it to you. So when you say, I heard from the Lord, yeah, you are via the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen? Because you don't have Jesus over here doing one thing, the Father over here doing another thing, and then the Holy Ghost over here doing His own thing. You don't. They're in unison. But the Holy Spirit does not speak on His own initiative. Amen. When I say, if I get up here and I say, thus saith the Lord, you know, I prophesy, you know, and, and we should have that. And we should have tongues and interpretation of tongues. Why not? It's for us. The Lord's alive. God's alive. The Spirit's, Spirit of God is here and He wants to talk to us. He wants to speak to us. This isn't like the dark ages where you hear every 500 years. <laughs> God wants to hear. He wants you to hear from Him on a daily basis to hear from Him. Amen. So the Holy Spirit, here's what I want to bring out, is when the Holy Spirit talks to you, He is not talking, coming up with that information on His own. He's hearing from the Father, Jesus, and then He's translating it to you. Everybody understand that? Okay. And so uh, let's go to John 14 here. John 14 and verse 16. It's amazing how much there is in the Gospel of John especially where Jesus begins to introduce the ministry of the Holy Spirit because He's getting ready for... You have to understand, His ministry, Jesus' ministry, was only three and a half years. Now, Jesus spent 30 years of preparation for a three and a half year ministry. He was able to do everything that He was accomplished to do in three and a half years. That's amazing, isn't it? But yet the same, just another side thing, you don't want to, you know despise the day of preparation because you think 30 years of preparation. Some things take time and preparation. Amen. No one's going to get out there and get born again and, and then next year God's going to call them to be a prophet. It doesn't happen. Okay. Now that might be eventually called but it's not going to happen like that. And I've seen people go shipwrecked spiritually because they think that they've just been saved for a couple of years and they think they're a prophet to the nations. No, they're deceived. Okay. A lot of people put titles on things. That doesn't change what's in the can. 
You can put any label on a can. That doesn't change what's in the can. It's true, isn't it? It's better to let God put the label on you anyway. And just let the, let the fruit show up. Amen. <laughs> There's a lot of non-profits out there. I could say that. You know. So in John 14, verse 16, it says, Now that doesn't do away with the real thing. There are prophets, there are apostles that are in the earth today. Glory to God. Verse 16 says, And God, Jesus said, I'll pray the Father, and He'll give you another comforter. Notice that. Another comforter, another of the same kind, that He may abide with you for what? For a few weeks? For a month? Forever. Oh, I'll tell you what, we're going to see this today too, that the Holy Spirit is so committed to you. He'll stick to you like super glue. He doesn't let you go. Even when you screw up and even when you mess up, that's when you need them the most. When you think, oh man, I've just, I've let God down. Huh? Folks, let me tell you something. If you understand how patient God is, He deals with everybody. He has patience with all the human race at one time. How many billions of people are there? What they say, how many billions on the earth now? 300 billion, something like that. And He's got patience for every single human on this earth. Certainly, He's got patience for you and for me. <laughs> Amen. He says, I'll, I'll pray and, I'll, and he'll give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Notice this, verse 17. Even the spirit of truth. The Holy Ghost is the spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive because he seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you. And notice, he shall be in you. Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. The comforter has come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now let's go, uh, go over to uh, John. Uh, twenty. Uh, John 14, just jump down to verse 25. I wanted to read these foundational scriptures here. Verse 25, These things have I spoken unto you, yet being present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things, bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace give I unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now this is, this is what Jesus is saying about the Holy Spirit. Now I want to show you something here in the book of Ecclesiastes. That's probably where your pages are all stuck together, but I'll show it on the screen here. Then in the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon who was David's son, who was the wisest person up till Jesus that ever lived on the planet, okay? And he wrote Proverbs and Songs of Solomon and so forth. And, and uh, we see in Ecclesiastes, here's a picture of mankind before the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 1, it says, Ecclesiastes 4.1, it says, And so I return and consider all the oppressions, that are under the sun, and behold the tears of such that were oppressed, and they had no comforter. This is a picture of us before the, we knew Jesus, before we had the comforter. And they had no comforter, and on the side of the oppressions there was, there was power, but there was no comforter. Do you see the condition of man under the Old Testament? Uh, actually a picture of you and I before we knew Jesus. The comforter was out there, but we didn't know how to tap into him. Amen? I wrote down some things here, and here's where we're going to get into this today. Here's what we know that we read thus far about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. In these verses in the Gospel of John that we just read about here. And first and foremost is this, if you're taking notes. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not an influence. He's not a cloud. He's not fire. He might be in the cloud. He might be in the fire, but He's not the fire. He's not the cloud. He's a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. And to say a little bit, a little more about that, not only is He a person, now He is everywhere. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. You ever heard the phrase omnipresent? He's omnipotent, all powerful, but He's omnipresent. In other words, you can't escape from His presence. That's what's different about the Holy Spirit. Because now when Jesus was on the earth, 
you know, he couldn't be everywhere at once. He couldn't be in Cana, Galilee, and over Nazareth at the same time. If you wanted something from him, you had to go where he was. And so, when Jesus left, he said, it's, if I go away, I'm going to send the Holy Ghost. He's going to cover, as the waters cover the earth, the Holy Ghost is going to cover this earth. Now, you remember back in the book of Genesis, thank you, Holy Spirit, that said, uh, you know, this is the first flood. There was two floods. We know Noah's flood, right? We know about Noah and the animals in the ark and so forth. We know about that, right? That happened. That's the second flood. Because the Bible says, in the beginning, God moved upon the face of the deep. So, the waters covered the earth. There was a first flood. Where, what was that about? Well, when Satan fell from heaven... Okay, and evidently there was a pre-Adamic race of dinosaurs and things that were upon the earth, you know, and that was before Adam. And when Satan fell from heaven, the earth just froze. Everything froze. That's why they find dinosaurs with still had grass in their mouth while they're eating, and they instantly froze. Okay, and uh, I could expound a little bit more on that, but we won't today. But but uh, the Bible says that the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep, upon the face of the waters. This same earth was here. And that's why today the people find dinosaur skeletons and things like this, you know. Because that, that, was, that was before Adam. Okay? And, uh, but it all froze. It became extinct. <laughs> Amen? And, uh, but the Spirit of God moved on the face of the deep. So He was all over this earth. And that, that's the point I'm trying to make is the Holy Ghost knows no boundaries. He's moving all over the place. He's moving in South America, Asia, amen, the Arctic, the Caribbean, the United States, North America, South America, all over the place. There's no, he's everywhere, praise God. So that's the kind of God that we serve. Think about that. You can't escape from his presence. And he will never, ever leave you. He is committed to to you. Even when you screw up, even when you mess up, He's not leaving you. He's there to help you and say, can I help you, sir? Can I help you, ma'am? <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. Oh, the Holy Spirit. He's a person. You can actually talk to Him. You can speak to the Holy Spirit. Someone wrote a book years ago called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. Amen. And you treat him because he is a person. You can speak to him. He will talk back to you. But he's not just doing it on his own initiative. He's hearing from the Father and he's, he's able to talk to you. Praise the Lord. Here's what we know. He's a person. He'll never leave you. Number two, it's the very same spirit that dwelt in Jesus that now lives on the inside of you. There's not Holy Spirits doesn't have twins. There's not two Holy Spirits. There's one Holy Spirit. And the same, the Bible says, if the same Spirit of Him that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your physical mortal bodies. Resurrection power right now for your body. You can be healed right now. Because of the quickening power. That's why you can be healed because God lives inside you. The healer already lives on the inside of you. Amen. So, and then we saw that the Holy Spirit doesn't speak. We already covered this on His own initiative. But whatever He hears, that shall He speak. Now, here's something else we know. The Holy Spirit teaches us all things. He's the teacher. He's the teacher. You have a built-in tutor on the inside of you. And the Holy Ghost is a teacher, and He will teach you some things. Amen? This morning, matter of fact, early, I was, I was thinking about something... And, uh, and I, you know how things will slip your mind, you know, Bible facts or this or that, you know. And I asked the Lord, I was laying in bed and I said, within my spirit, you know, I didn't even say it out loud, but you know, your inward man, do you know you can commune with God on your bed without even opening your mouth? I, I, sometimes I'll lay in the, on, my, on my bed and I'm just getting ready to sleep and I'll be praying in the spirit, but I'm not moving my lips. You ever do that before? Now you can give lips, to, sir, you can open your mouth and release it. <laughs> lip service. <laughs> That's the right kind of lip service. 
And I encourage you to do that. Because your spirit is active. Your spirit has a voice. Praise God. So I asked the Lord. I said, there was something I was thinking about in reference to the Bible. And I said, I forgot the person's name. I said, Holy Spirit, what's that person's name? And I laid there. And about 30 seconds later, boom, there was a flash that came across my mind. I thought, that's the person's name. Because I was doing like a mental Bible study in my thinking. <laughs> and... Um, talking about Abraham's uh, his uh, maidservant Hagar forgot her name I said Lord what was her name again Hagar you know well the Lord brought it to my remembrance okay and uh, but he says he will teach you all things everybody say present. present okay he'll teach you all things that's present number two it says that the Holy Spirit will bring all things to your remembrance that has to do with past, past facts. The Spirit of God will bring things to your remembrance. Okay? So, in other words, at some point in your life, if you, you had a download of, like, for example, today, you're sitting here, you're awake, you're not asleep. Amen. And uh, even with the hour change, right? And you're, you're receiving Scripture, information, now, that's going in your, your mind. It's going down inside your spirit. Now, at the time of need, when you need to know that scripture again, the Lord, through the Holy Ghost, will bring that up inside of you. Once those deposits are in your spirit, it'll never leave you. It'll never leave you. Now, of course, your brain, your brain, here's what I want to get into this. Your brain can forget things, but your mind doesn't. That's good. Yeah. See, there's a difference between your mind and your brain. Your brain is the physical organ that houses your mind. Someone says, someone they lost their mind. <laughs> You've heard that phrase before, right? Well, the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. Now, uh, folks, your spirit, your soul and your spirit, are they're separate, but they're connected. When you leave your body at, at physical death, when your body, in, your, in other words, when your spirit and your soul leave your body, and your body's left here. That's the house that you live in, right? You don't cease to think. You still remember. Because yeah. that's your soul. Your soul's connected to your spirit. Right. All right? Well, your, your, uh, your mind is the spiritual part of your brain. And that is the most intelligent thing that there is. Yes. Amen? You know, it's interesting. Uh, Dr. Peterson, uh, he's now in heaven now, I believe. But he, uh, he was a... A brain surgeon, I mean, smart guy from the natural, you know. But he was a Christian fellow, and he worked with Oral Roberts University many, many years ago. And uh, he did a physical study on the subject of speaking with other tongues, okay? And, they, and I, you, can, you can read about this. You can actually go online, and you can look it up. It's actually, there's YouTube videos on this. There's articles about this. And it's fascinating because he said this, and I love when science just proves what the Bible already teaches anyway. And so he brought in several people that were baptized with the Holy Ghost, spoke with other tongues, and he, he laid them on this table and he hooked all these wires up to their mind and their brain. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, uh, and he said they would do test after test. They would do this. They would have them speak in just English. Just read something. Just read. It could be anything. And it would show activity in the brain when a person would speak in their native language, in our case, English, okay? And there was, you would see things light up where the, it would show activity in one portion of the brain. But when a person spoke with tongues, there was another part of that brain that showed up, that lit up because it was all these wires going, you know, that, only, that was only activated when a person spoke with tongues in no other way. Amen? In fact, he even said that that part of the brain released, yes. uh, uh, yeah, endorphins, whatever you want to call it, you know. Sounds like a dolphin or something, endorphins, you know. But it released something good on the inside that actually released healing, that released naturally healing would come into, from the, the brain into the physical body that couldn't come any other way than by speaking in, in tongues. So actually speaking in tongues can improve your health. Because that part of the brain can only be activated when a person, when a man or a woman speaks with tongues. Now you, now you know why the devil hates when That's people right. speak with tongues. 
ah, tongues are of the devil. You know, no, they're not. It's in the, all through the Bible. It's all through the Bible. Now, have there been misuses of it? Of course. Do people, uh, you know, people driving in Pittsburgh, do they abuse their driving privileges? Of course. That doesn't stop you from driving. I've had people cut me off. I've had people do bad things in their driving. Have you ever been in a situation like that? Probably several times, right? And just because there's a few bad drivers out there doesn't mean you're going to stop driving. Okay? And just because there's a few people out there that, miss, that abuse, that's why there's three chapters written about tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy, because there's balances with these things. You know what I'm saying? You can, you can go beyond, you can get out there, so to speak, right? But the Bible teaches us how to do things in balance, do things all decently and in order. But I thought it was interesting that with his physical test, his name is Dr. Peterson, you can look it up. And it's just, I'm only touching the surface of it, but it's fascinating when you see that these probes that they put on these people, men and women both, they put on these people's brains, you know. They did find out that man's brain, mankind, men's brain works better than women's. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know I'm kidding. <laughs> now that just woke you up there, right? <laughs> it's probably the opposite, actually. Just playing with you. Okay. But I thought it was rather interesting that, you know, when I'm speaking with tongues, I'm actually increasing my standard of, of health. Because, uh, what you know, there's, we talk about some benefits to speaking with tongues. Oh, when you speak, and we'll see this later on. I don't want to get ahead of myself. You're, you're edifying yourself. The Bible says when you speak with tongues, you're building up yourself. You're, incre you're improving yourself. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm improving myself. And so he teaches us all things. That's present. He brings all things to our remembrance. That's past things. He'll bring it up to us. So you can actually, I, there have been times I forgot where my keys were or something, you know, things of that nature. And you can get frustrated. You can go, go looking for things, you know, and we've all been there and done that, right? You blame your spouse. Where'd you put my keys, you know? Blame the dog, blame the cat, whatever, you know. But there have been times where I've lost, temporarily lost something to where it was, trying to find it. You know, when you need your car keys, you need your car keys, right? Honey, did you put the car keys somewhere? No. Did you pray about it? No. Why don't you pray about it? You know? Okay, has it come to that? <laughs> but... You know, it's, it's funny because the Lord doesn't just butt in on your business. I mean, he'll, he's a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will not just butt in on your business. But if you ask him, he will be much obliged, if you will, to help you. And I'll say, Father, I've lost all kind of different things. And the Lord knows exactly where everything is. Say, Father, where those car keys, I need those car keys. So, Father, I'm asking you in Jesus' name, show me where they're at. In Jesus' name. Now, I may not know that split second, but I'll just be going about my business, you know, and, and the Lord will just put a thought, just a thought went in my mind. Go look over here. Go look in that, sh that j jacket, the pocket in that jacket that you haven't worn. And then your mind is like, why would it be in there? But I go over there and I look, and sure enough, it's there. <laughs> Have you ever had that happen to you before? There is a Holy Spirit. And he's called the helper. And he's been, he's been sent to help you. There is no helper like the Holy Spirit. Oh, he knows how to bake. He knows how to cook. He knows how to treat people. He knows how to start a business. There's nothing that the Holy Spirit's naive about. He's smart. He's so smart, he can make Einstein look like an idiot. He's so intelligent. He knows everything. The Lord knows how many cells are in your body. He knows how many hairs you have on your head. He knows you more intimately than you will ever know yourself. And He's a person. And He wants to help us. Amen? I believe this morning, even as we're speaking, that frustration, some of you have been experiencing maybe the last couple of weeks, some some 
more severe frustration, you've been frustrated about some things. Ah, you know, you've been frustrated before. When we're frustrated, and I know this because I've went through it myself. And it's like the Lord will say, Keith, you know, if you're really relying upon me, you're not going to yield to frustration. Frustration is nothing more than a form of fear, yielding to fear. This isn't working out like I thought it would. Frustrated. But if we yield to the Holy Ghost, he's a person, and he lives on the inside of us, he can help us, walk us through anything. Some of us have things that we have to deal with, you know, in the natural, that are not very pleasant. You've got different family situations, you know, you've got maybe financial things, marital things, any number of things you can think of. But the Lord doesn't want you to go through this on your own. He doesn't want you to go through life as if there is no comforter, as if there is no teacher or Holy Spirit, because He is a person. And He has been sent to help you. He's called the standby. He's waiting there for you to say, can you help me, Holy Spirit? And then He jumps in. He helps. Praise God. Before I even get up here, I don't care if there's five people or 500 people or 5,000 people. I am going to rely upon the Holy Spirit when I stand up here because I'm responsible for the information that I give out to you precious people. Amen? Yes. Jesus died for every one of you. You're valuable. You're precious. God sees you that way. I see you that way. I want to give you heaven's best. That's why every week when you come, do your best to come every week. Get into the services. Get in here. Get faithful. Because the Holy Ghost wants to continue to talk to you, to speak to you, to minister to you. But when you're away from Him, He can't do that. Okay? That's why the Bible says, in, that, in Hebrews 10, it says, when the, you know, He says, let's not forsake ourselves to come together, as the custom of some is. But so much the more as you see the day of Christ approaching. Amen. Now, granted, there are some churches out there, I'm not naming any of what I have none in mind, but they don't, they don't yield to the Holy Spirit. They don't look to the Holy Spirit. It's, it's more of a religious duty. Mental. Coming out of the head. Mental sermons. That's not what we need. We need revelation from heaven. Amen. 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 And a church alive is worth a drive. I can tell you that right now. I will never think... Dear God, that church is too far for me to go to because I'm telling you, if it's got the Spirit of God and I'm going to it. And I, and I had that attitude when I was first born again. I don't care how far something was. And back then, there wasn't a whole lot of churches or meetings. You had to really drive far. Right, Patty? You had to go far and, <laughs> because there wasn't a lot out there. But it's worth it. Amen? When, you're, when your spirit man gets fed, you know it. When your spirit man gets fed, boy, I'll tell you what, you're setting yourself up for, for, for the best of what God has. Amen? Amen. Okay, let's, we're running out of time here. Uh, he teaches all things, brings all things to our remembrance. And notice something else he does is he shows you things to come. So in other words, past, present, future. The Spirit of God, when you flow with Him, He can show you certain things, not everything, but certain things about your future to prepare you for things. Amen? There are things that I'm functioning in now that I saw in my spirit 30 plus years ago. But I wasn't ready for it. Amen? I mean, when the Lord first showed me that I was called to the ministry, you got to, that's, that was so far beyond my thinking because I couldn't even stand up and talk in front of a group of people, not even five people. I failed speech class in junior high school. I remember the three by five cards, the recipe cards. We had to give a speech. And I, I got up there and got so nervous, the cards flew everywhere. I just got frustrated, sat down, took an F. Not proud of it. But I just, I just you know, Oral Roberts had a, an, a speech impediment. Different people, you know, like from the natural that tries to hinder you. Now, I had one of the greatest fears I ever had was getting up and talking in front of people. I don't know why. It was just, just the way that it was. And when the Lord began to tap on my shoulder, so to speak, about going, I mean, in my spirit, talking to me about going into the ministry, I thought, are you kidding me? Now, I had relatives that knew me back in the day. 
we just had like a, oh, my mother's 80th birthday just a few days ago. And uh, so we had relatives that came from all over the place. I hadn't seen in many, many years, you know. And some of those relatives, they thought, what in the world is he doing going into the ministry? He was so backward and so bashful and so just backwards, okay? If you would have known me back in those days, that's the way I was. You would have never thought in a million years that God would call this person, this kid, into a ministry. And I ran from the call of God for many years. Well, not many years, probably five years. And, and I had no peace. I'm telling you, I went from job to job to job. And there were good jobs, but I just wasn't happy. I wasn't satisfied. I kept running from what I felt God called me to do. And I remember one day, I just got up and I went where I got, when I, where I received the Lord in a place called Jamonville. It's a Methodist camp up in Uniontown. Anybody ever heard of it before? A big 200-foot cross, cross up there. And I tell you, I received Jesus up there, but I also went back. I would always go there at pivotal moments in my life when, there was, when I felt like I was at a crossroads. And I was young, and I went up there, and I, I just I had a talk with the Lord. I'm walking around the grounds up there where I got saved. I even saw the spot where I got saved. I went over to there, and I said, Lord, why do I have this unrest inside me? Why do I feel like you're calling me? He said, well, son, I didn't call you to do it. I didn't hear it with these ears here, but I heard it in me. I was starting to commune for the first time to understand I could, the Holy Spirit's a person. I could commune with Him and talk with Him. He said, well, son, I didn't call you to do this because you can do it in your own strength. I'm the one that's going to anoint you. I'm the one that's going to equip you. And I tell you, it just brought tears to my eyes to realize that at that time, that it took a load off of me to realize I didn't have to do this in my own strength. Amen? And I'll never forget the first time I preached. It was actually, I was at Rainbow Bible Training Center. I had never spoken in front of anybody before. And the first time I get to speak, there's over 200 people out there. This is a, one of the classes you had to take, preach a sermon, you know, a 15-minute sermon. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that was the most terrifying thing for me. I stood up there where Brother Hagin stands up, the same podium. You know, but here's the difference. Now, I had flashbacks of when I was in, in school about the cards flying everywhere. And, I mean, it was like every bit of moisture was just sucked out of my mouth. I was like, is there any water in there? There was no water up there, but it was like, it was just, I was, it was like this haze was over there. But you know what? I started to open my mouth for the first time, and, I, and God began to put thoughts in my mind as I began to speak. And I got an A plus on my sermon. I still have it on tape, too. I'm not going to let you hear it, but it's on cassette tape. Remember back, this was before CDs. But I, for the very first time, I realized, I opened my mouth, and, and as I was speaking, as I was speaking, thoughts were coming to me, examples that would supernaturally come to me that I never had that happen to me before. And I began to release that and release that. And so my confidence began to grow and grow that, to lean on the gift of God that's on the inside of me. Amen. To lean on Him, to rely upon Him. Now, when you practice that after thousands of times, you become more proficient at it. Okay? And, and to this day, I still, I lean heavily upon the Holy Spirit. Because without Him, there's nothing. You just got a man there. That's it. That's it. You don't just want Keith up here. You want Keith filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? But not only... If I learn to rely upon the Lord when I'm, when I'm preaching and ministering to people, because a lot of the things I say from here, you can see every week it's not even in my notes because the Lord will just take me here. and Because I'm, I'm, I'm practicing yielding to Him, to the best of my knowledge, to yield to Him. But I don't just limit, I don't just limit it to that. Because when the service is over, everybody's going home, and you go out there, get in your car, you still need the Holy Ghost. Like I said last week, somebody asked a famous preacher one time, do I need the Holy Ghost to go to heaven? He said, no, but I need it to go to Walmart. You know what I mean? That's, that's the truth. We need the Holy Spirit. Everything. And, and see, if we're conscientious of the Holy Spirit, you can be walking down the hallway, running to somebody. But if you're conscious of the Holy Spirit, I'm not talking about being spooky or weird. Okay? But I mean, 
you're just conscious of His indwelling presence, that He lives on the inside of you. And He is, lastly, we saw that He is, he is a comforter. Say, the comforter has come. He is a comforter. The Holy Spirit comforts you. How? Does He throw a big blanket on you? We call those comforters. No, He speaks to you. How do you comfort somebody? You speak to them. And it's not so much what you say, it's how you say it. I can say, for example, I can say, hello. I can say, hello. What's the difference? Said the same thing. It's what's behind it. All right? Now, I've, I've found this to be true. Man, the Spirit of God is ultra positive. He is so positive. God loves you more than you'll ever know. Because we think, we think it's like with people, we have to do more things to get them to love us more. Right? God's not like that. He is love. And He loves you unconditionally. Matter of fact, there's nothing you can do to make Him love you more. He loves you the same yesterday, today, and forever because He is love. And I've noticed that when I open my heart and my mind to that, man, even when I feel like I've messed up and let God down, and we've all done that, haven't we? You feel like you, you're not doing enough. But listen, God's pleased with you. The fact that you're even here this morning, He's pleased with that. He's pleased with that. Amen. You took time out to come out to hear the Word of God today. Holy Spirit is a comforter. He is a person. And He, he loves to talk with you. He loves to speak. When, be, when He comes, He will speak. The Holy Spirit talks. The Holy Ghost talks. The Spirit of God communicates to you and to me. So maybe you're in a situation right now, you've been sort of frustrated, maybe highly frustrated, some things that are going, fears coming at you from both ends of your life, from this way and from this way, from different areas. But right in the midst of that fear, right in the midst of that turmoil, right in the midst of it, let me tell you something, the Holy Spirit is trying to talk to you. He's trying to talk to me. He's trying to talk to you. But sometimes we shut it out. We don't, well, well you know, but there, he wants to speak to you. He wants to communicate with you. He wants to let you know, hey, it's going to be all right. Sweetheart, it's going to be all right. You just trust me. There's been times where your head's swimming. You know, you're like, oh, how's this going to work out? You all been there before? Man. And, um, and yet I hear inside me, not an audible voice. Never, it's never like that. It's just an inward, an inward voice says, son, just trust me. It's going to work out. Give that care to me. Don't take that care. Don't be walking around here with your hands hanging down, your, you know, and no joy, no peace. He says, it's going to work out. I'm going to work it out. So sometimes I'll, he'll say that to me. I'll say, okay, Lord, I just do it. I cast it on you. And then in the process of time, maybe a day, maybe a week, maybe even a month sometimes, the thing worked out that I was concerned about. It just worked out. But when I was going through it, the Lord, the, the devil puts this picture in your head, in your mind, like, you know how bad this is going to turn out? You're going to lose this. This is going to happen to you. But in the midst of it, amen? See, I've been in, I've been in situations. I've been in, in the hospital with a very serious thing a couple years ago with my brain. Okay? And, uh, and I'm laying on, my, on, the, on the hospital bed there in the Spirit of God. It was, this was a serious situation, okay? And I heard the, heard the Holy Ghost on the backside of my, laying on that bed, and the Holy Ghost said, Son, I've got you covered. It's all going to work out. It's all going to work out. Amen? And my head was screaming fits because it was like, you know. See, I didn't have hospital insurance at that time, you know. And I... I, I the bill went up to almost just shy of $197,000. $197,000. I thought, how long is it going to take for me to pay that back? 
And not only that, I had the physical situation I was dealing with, with a blood vessel that broke in my brain, you know, and a whole left, my whole left side was messed up. I mean, it was, you know, the doctors were really concerned. They wanted to do, actually do brain surgery, okay? And I say this as a testimony to God. I didn't have the brain surgery. The Lord led me not to do it. I'm totally healed. I'm completely healed. And not only that, not only that, the whole medical system forgave the debt 100%. 100% without hardly any effort on my part. Well, if the Holy Ghost said, I've got you covered. I'm going to work it all out. When that happened, right there in the midst of that mess, And so when you face different crises in life, when you face, don't act as if the Holy Spirit's not there. He's right there. He wants to jump in the middle of that chaos in your life. See, a lot of people don't, they don't invite the Lord to come into their chaos. <laughs> they panic and stuff. But let me tell you something. He is so faithful. He's so good. He's so loving. That when you face adversity in life, He is there for you to invite Him in and He will speak to you. He will comfort you. He will speak to you. He will encourage you. I hope these words encourage you this morning because I believe it's the Lord. I believe He's speaking through me this morning. No, I'm not perfect, but I hope I'm yielded. I'm yielded to the Lord. There's no perfect person in the flesh, but we can become more yielded. Praise the Lord. Let's just take a moment here. We're out of time. Let's just thank Him. Father, we praise You today. We praise You, Lord, this day. We praise and thank you, Lord, this day. Thank you, Lord. 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 We praise you, Lord, right now. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yeah, I believe the Lord would say this today, that if we are to look inward, for you see, I live on the inside. If you're my child, which you are, you're my son, my daughter, don't you know that I live on the inside of you? I'm not millions of miles away. I'm right there within you. For I've said in my word that if any man joins to the Lord, he is one spirit with him. For you see, your spirit and my spirit are one. And I placed my spirit in you, and that's why you're, the, the Word of God declares that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit because my spirit dwells in your spirit, which just happens to be in your body. And as you focus in and you look inward when you face adversity, and you look inward inside of you, the answers that you need will be there. The wisdom that you need will be there. For your sufficiency is not of yourselves, it's of me, saith the Lord. For I've made you an able minister of the gospel, as my word says. So look inward. For my word declares that wisdom and counsel is in the heart of a man, in the spirit of man as deep waters. But a man of understanding will draw it up. And I've placed within you a well, a reservoir, of wisdom, of everything that you need and the answers that you need to the questions that you have. And as you begin to tap in by faith into that inward man, your inward man, where I live, the answers will come. The wisdom will come. The direction will come. And you'll not be confused. Confusion will go out the back door. For I've not ordained I've not ordained or destined you to walk in confusion, not even for one split second. But I've ordained that you walk in the mind of Christ. For you have my mind and you have my wisdom. So tap in, tap in, saith the Lord. And as you speak in the language that I've given you from heaven, you will notice a rapid increase in my wisdom coming forth out of your spirit into your mind. So practice, practice speaking in the heavenly language that I've given unto you. Exercise that language 
And you'll be more quick and more keen to hear what I'm actually saying to you. There will be others that will not hear, even though I want to communicate to them. There will be others that will say, oh, that's just too far, that's too deep for me. But it shall not be so with you. It shall not be so with you. For you have my spirit. You have my presence all the time, living, dwelling in your heart, in your spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We receive that right now, Father. There is a comforter and he lives inside of us. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Somebody here is, you've been facing some stuff as of lately, and the Lord's just letting you know right now, He's got you covered. He's working it out. You don't need to worry about it any longer. You don't need to fret about it. Now, this might be, this might be in reference to another person that you're concerned about, but the Lord is going to work it out. You continue to trust Him. Continue to look to Him. And he will bring it to pass. Hallelujah. And you'll laugh and laugh and laugh because you'll know the Lord did it. The Lord brought it to pass. Ha, ha, ha. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.